Hello everyone and welcome back to the Paddock Talk podcast. Today is episode number four and we're going to be giving you our predictions and preview for the upcoming F1 2021 season. We're very excited to be doing this. We've just been watching pre-season over the last couple of days and we're going to give you our constructor championship standings, uh, who's going to win the teammate battles and then in the end we're going to have some random quickfire predictions um, from everyone at the end. Um, I think we should just get straight into it. The I'm going to start with the constructor predictions, and I'm going to go from the reverse order that they finished in last year. So first up is Williams. Uh, they had a pretty solid preseason uh, test. They completed 373 laps, which was the sixth best, and did a time. Their best time was a one minute 30.1, which was, was also the sixth best, set by George Russell on the C5, which is the quickest tyres. Um, and he said that that lap wasn't full quality spec, but it, he said that uh, they didn't have the sandbags on, so to speak. So it was pretty good indicator of, of, of what the what the performance is. One key takeaway from them as well, though, is that uh, they said that their car is very wind sensitive. And I'm not sure if anyone watched preseason, but on day three, uh, day one, sorry, and pretty much throughout the whole of Bahrain, it was very, very windy. So I don't think it was the best track for them. And, and George said that this will most likely mean they'll have a bit of a yo-yo year uh, where some tracks they're going to be really good at, or not really good, but very solid at, and some tracks they might not be great at. Um, and that was a conscious effort to maximise peak downforce uh, with their aero package. Uh, so when it works, it really does work. But when it's not working, it will be quite bad. Um, and they're already uh, going to be bringing up bringing in new upgrades um, for early rounds this year. So it's been much better than they have been the last few years, obviously that whole 2019 saga where team members were flying out bits to the test. I mean, that was just a shamble. So they are on that um, road to, to a rebuild. Um, and personally, I think they're going to finish ninth this year. And I don't think we any surprise to say that I think George Russell will also come out on top against Nicholas Latifi. What do you guys think? Yeah, uh, likewise, I think that Williams will be ninth in the constructors. I think that this year they're going to be a lot more uh, closer to the back of the midfield, but I don't think they're going to challenge it too much. I also, as well, think that Russell will beat Latifi just because of the calibre of driver he is, but I don't think he'll be as convincing in qualifying uh, this year, though. So the next team is Haas. They again had a pretty solid preseason. They completed 394 laps, which was the fifth best, and had a best time of a 1 minute 31.5 set on the C4s by Nikita Mazepin, and that was the 10th time. Um, they had a, like I said, they had a pretty solid running. Um, they, uh, on the morning of day one, had a slight issue, which took away quite a lot of running for Mick Schumacher, but apart from that, they were they were very solid. Um, they haven't spent any tokens coming into this year. Uh, they've done a few minor tweaks. Um, there's a few new. There were actually a few new parts being tested, but there's no upgrades planned um, as well throughout the year. And and that that's really it. I mean, they both did pretty solid running. Um, and I think they will finish bottom for that reason. They're just not going to really develop the car. They've they've not really made a step forward. Um, and it will just be. Uh, a learning 
experience for the two rookie drivers they have. And of those two, I do think that Mick Schumacher will come out on top. What do you guys think? See, I also think that Haas will finish last. I don't really think that's, you know, a groundbreaking thing to say or like, you know, controversial. I think that their preparation they've had this year has not been optimal, obviously. They um <laughs> only really got fired the car up before testing. Luckily they've gone through testing without any major issues. So that's a good thing for them. Uh but I just think that the fact they haven't really developed the car, haven't used any tokens, I don't think they're gonna be challenging anyone. They're gonna be in sort of I think the no man's land that Williams was last year, where they're just that little bit off the back of the midfield. Uh in terms of the teammate battle, I think that Mazepin's actually going to win. Um, I'm not going to say it's because he's going to get in you know, like a fifth place or something like that. I think it's going to be incredibly close between the two of them, and it'll probably go down to something like you know a freak tenth place at like Monaco or somewhere like that. The same way, like beat way that like you know Bianchi beat Chilton, that type of thing. Um, not to say that you know that's anything bad, but I just don't think they're going to have the car really to have a incredibly close teammate battle yep like you two I've also put Haas last I think the team the car looks it looks alright but I don't think it's going to be anything special the fact that they haven't used any tokens as well I think they're fully focused on 2022 Um, as well the rookie drivers I think out of the two I think Mick should come out on top I'd expect that but I think it would go down to like I don't think they're going to get any points this season so it's going to be a case of who gets the highest non-point score and finish Um, but I think overall I think they are going to be quite a bit off in plum last and if we move on to the next team which is Alfa Romeo they had a very very um, well reliable test if you want to say that because they did complete the joint most laps 422 um, and they also did some quick running as well. They did the fourth best time of the uh, of the test session, which was a one minute twenty nine point seven, which was set by Kimi on the C fives on the last day. Um, I mean, I mean, you can take it from that lap count. I mean, they had a very, uh, very, very solid car, no real issues. They said that it's a decent balance, but there's not a load of downforce. Um, so probably Bahrain is probably maybe suited to their to their car characteristics. Um, and their main aim is just going to be to try and catch back up to the to the main midfield group. We saw last year that sort of Group C category with Haas, Williams and Alfa Romeo. Uh, and their aim is just going to be to try to get away from that and try and breach into that midfield. But like we'll get onto that midfield is just insanely competitive. So for that reason, I do have Alfa Romeo in eighth place yet again. And I also have... Uh, Kimi Raikkonen beating Giovinazzi uh, because I just think, well, he might he might be old and he might be you know blocking other drivers. I still think he has it in him to uh, beat Giovinazzi because I'm not Giovinazzi's biggest fan. What do you guys think? I have put Alfa Romeo in eighth, um, so no change there really. I think that their car looks nice. Um, they've spent some token developing the front nose cone. Uh, from what I can gather, and you know they've had a very, very, very uh, smooth testing, considering it's only been three days and four hundred and twenty-two laps or something like that. That's very, very good over three days. Um, I don't really look at times in testing, so I'm not going to say you know that they're going to be, you know, fighting in the middle of the midfield. But I think that there's a chance they could be a little bit closer 
to the midfield if they play their cards right. Uh, in terms of the teammate battle, I actually think that Giovinazzi is going to beat Raikkonen. Uh, not, you know, in a convincing manner. You know, last year he matched Raikkonen pretty much the entire season. Um, and I think that he might, his growth and, I say, sort of momentum will probably carry through to this season. And he'll probably will beat him, but it's not going to be anything like, you know, 50 points to say nine points or something like that. Yeah, like that, I've also um, got uh, Alfa Romeo in eighth. I think they're a very solid team. I think they're going to make a good progress this year and they're going to try and latch onto the lower midfield um, and break away from the Group C that it's been dubbed as with Hassan Williams. I think they've had a really promising pre-season. The cars ran well. Uh, Giovinazzi and Raikkonen seem like quite comfortable in the car. But I think out of the two, I think it should be Giovinazzi. I think last year's car performance kind of hid Giovinazzi's development that year. So I think this year, I think do think Giovinazzi should be Raikkonen, but I think it will be close between the two. So moving on to the next team, AlphaTauri, they had the joint number of uh, laps with Alfa Romeo, two Alphas. They also did 422 laps. Um, and they did a rather eye-catching uh, quali sim with Sonoda at the end of uh, day three, which gave them the second best time of a 129.0 on the C5s. Um, and it was pretty much confirmed. It was a, glo- a, a glory run by Sonoda. He was using the, the DRS way before the detect- detection points. Um, so don't read too much into those times. They're not actually going to be, you know, a tenth off Red Bull. But it seems to be a very solid package, uh, and more importantly, one where the drivers can really push and find the limits of, which I think will be important because, you know, while it might be great they have a really uh, quick car, being able to find that limit um, and be able to push it, so it's it's really important. So I think that's where they're going to have those gains. So maybe early on in the season, they might be really good, but maybe uh, tail uh, sort of tail off at the the end of the season. Um, But I mean, it, it, it seems harsh because, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but trying to get this midfield pecking order sorted is just impossible. Uh, so it may seem harsh, but I have them in seventh just because I think the other teams, the other cars probably are a bit quicker. Um, but there's no doubt that Staffordshire is a very, very solid car. And on its day, it will be able to get podiums and it will be able to get, you know, really strong, you know, fourths or fifths. Um and I've also gone with Gasly, which I think is a surprise. I think Sonoda will probably have this be a, 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 a learning year for him. Um, he seems to have incredible raw speed, but just harnessing that and just getting that consistency, I think, will be really important for him this year. Um, what do you guys think? See, I concur with you when you say about how hard it is to predict the midfield, especially this part. You know, when you predict in the lower end, it's quite easy because you can sort of go off stuff but with Alpha Tauri putting them in a spot it's difficult. Um I've put them in seventh as well because I think that compared to the teams ahead of them, I think that they don't have that much of a strong lineup uh because of the fact they have Sonoda. While he's a really good talent, I think that he will probably be a little bit hindrance to their points total. Not in a negative way obviously because he's he's I think he's gonna be very impressive this year. But I don't think he's going to be that impressive that it helps them progress a lot up the grid. I think they're going to be close challengers with the rest of the midfield team, but I think there's going to be that little bit behind them in terms of, I think, just across the season with development. 
Um, I've also gone with Gasly to win the teammate battle. You know, unsurprisingly, he's the more experienced driver out of the two of them. And I think it'd be a pretty comfortable win because of the fact that Sonoda's a rookie. But I think towards the end of the season, Sonoda will probably uh, start to match him or just be a little bit, uh, like, you know, less than a tenth off average, I think. Yep, like if you guys have also got AlphaTauri 7th. Um, I think they've got a really good base for the team building off last year. And I think as well, the lineup that they have is very, very underrated. I think the dynamic of Gasly and Sonoda will be very beneficial for them. Although I don't think they're going to be able to latch on to the rest of the midfield yet. But I think in the future they could be. But at the moment, I think it's going to be Gasly who takes the battle against Sonoda. I think Gasly's a very, very good driver and we saw, saw that last year. And although Sonoda's very quick, I still think this year is going to be a massive learning curve for him. So I think overall Gasly should comfortably beat him. But I think as we see later on in the season, as Nat said, I think it's going to get a little bit closer between so moving on, uh, we have Ferrari next. Uh, they did, uh, I was quite surprised by this. They actually did the third most uh, laps, uh, 404. Uh, they actually broke down, and I think they won. Um, broke down on track, uh, which is quite a rare sight because the reliability this year has just been ridiculous, as you might expect. Um, they set the third quickest time as well uh, with a 129.6. Science did a quality run in on the on the C4s on the last evening session. Um, and the general mood seems to be that they're encouraged by what they've seen, but it's nothing special. Um, it's definitely a step on from last year. But I, I, the, the feeling is that they've not regained really a huge amount of time and are suddenly back into that top three with Mercedes and Red Bull. I think they're still going to be in that midfield fight. Um, but it, again, it's just so hard to point where they're going to be. Um, and I mean, we say every year, but the midfield just gets tighter and tighter and tighter. Um, and I, I genuinely think, I mean, we could be seeing the top 70 teams separated by a second in quality. I mean, it, 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 it's just going to be, it's so close and, and track dependent if a driver can get a good lap in. But yeah, I mean, that is, it's going to be really exciting. But going back to Ferrari, um, they've got a new engine and that's been working well. Uh, they've done some aero tweaks, that's been working well. And they've also got a new rear suspension, which has been working well. So the, the stuff that they have brought to the car has been working well. Um, but yeah, like I say, it, it's, there's no one sort of overly convinced that they have escaped that midfield pack. Um, but with the drivers they have, you know, we saw with Leclerc last year, he can push that, he can drag that car up right to the front. Um, but I have them in fifth this year. Um, and I also have Leclerc winning the teammate rivalry. What do you guys have? So I also have Ferrari in fifth. I think that their package is going to be sort of not middle ground because the fifth is literally the middle of the of the pack. But I think it's going to be because it's so close in the midfield. I think their package is going to be really good on some tracks, but there's going to be a few tracks where they are really, really missing out compared to their rivals. Because obviously Ferrari aren't used to running in midfield. They're used to being at the front. So they're still learning that balance of getting a car that can compete in the midfield and the upper echelons in the midfield. They have a really good driver lineup, regardless of um, what their car is, with Sainz and Leclerc. I think Leclerc's going to win the title, uh, not the title, um, the teammate battle. That'd be brave. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think he's going to win the teammate battle. 
as uh, quite an obvious one, I think. Uh, you know, science isn't science is there to be a number two, but isn't going to be a number two. That type of thing. You've been told it's got equal status, but I don't think he's going to beat Leclerc just because I think Leclerc obviously is in that higher tier of uh, talent wise and is still learning as well. But I think that they've got a really good package and them being fifth doesn't mean that they're going to have a terrible season. It's just the midfield is so hard to predict. Yep, I've also put Ferrari down as fifth. I think well, they had a very, very rough season last year, obviously. And although I think they are going to make progress, I don't think it's going to be that much of a step forward. I think the real step forward we are going to see with them is in 2022. Um, but I do think... They are going to make a step forward nonetheless. I think the engines could be much better this year. Um, in regards to the teammate battle, um, I think it should be Leclerc that obviously comfortably does that. And I don't think that's really, you know, it's not controversial at all, is it really? Although Sainz is a very, very good driver, Leclerc's on that calibre of level where he's an elite driver and he should really be comfortably beating a driver like Carlos Sainz. But I think overall, I think fifth place will be a good season for them. Yeah, it it just just seem odd, doesn't it? Putting Ferrari fifth, but yeah, with, with it the does kind of play you when you usually yeah. With, with, a, but just, I think the, the teams in front, the teams in front are just a a little bit better, and obviously we'll get onto them a bit later. But um, it I just with those some of those drives that Leclerc did. I mean, you know, I'm not I'm I'm a big fan of Vettel, so I don't want to go overly harsh on him, but he did let that team down. If he could match the performances that Leclerc mm. did, they would have been. I mean, Leclerc finished on 98 points and 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 eighth. But you know, only about. I mean, he 10, beat Norris. Ten points behind. Yeah, he, he beat, beat Norris. Norris. He beat and Norris, and he was seven was points tra- behind the Red Bull. Yeah. Um, that Ferrari was a tractor, pretty much. Exactly. So yeah, well, Leclerc did wonders with that car. Exactly. So when, when I think, if he does those performances again, and he 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 just he made quite a lot of mistakes last year with in Italy, um, in Sakir, Austria. Uh, Austria, exactly. So it's Ferrari could easily finish third here. They get their act together, but with yeah, those teams are so tight that midfield. Yeah, it's just, it's just so like hard. I said, it's just it's just about tight. executing and getting a little bit of luck exactly on their side, um, which is mental. Yeah, so let's move on now. Um, next team is Alpine. Um, they they did three hundred and ninety six laps, which put them fourth in the uh, lap leaderboards. Um, but interestingly enough, they only had the eighth fastest time overall uh, with a one minute thirty point. Uh, three that is if I can read my own handwriting which was set by Alonso on the C4s they really didn't do any sort of quick running they were just very very solid uh, quite a low pro, low profile session for them didn't really have any dramas uh, the only thing that was noteworthy was their chonky airbox which uh, caught the eye of many uh, the airbox is very very wide sort of harks back to a 1970s Ligier or, or, or those era of cars with the huge airboxes over the top. Um, they said that they did that because they thought they actually removed a lot of the cooling from the sidepods to make them narrower and thought, why don't we just stick them on top? Um, so always interesting to see different teams, how they approach things. Um, but yeah, like I say, nothing special, nothing, nothing stunning from them, but they just built a really solid base to go off um we saw Alonso back in the car he had a cycling accident but he seemed to be uh didn't really seem to affect him and he seemed to be getting straight back into the swing of things um and I've put them sixth which again just seems so harsh but it's not they're going to be 11th and 12th every weekend they're still going to be around the 
the top 10. Um, and we saw with Ricardo last year and Ocon, they have potential to be best of the midfield. And it will be like that. Different, You get to different tracks and different teams will be at the top of the midfields. Um, and I've, I've also got, oh, look at this now, I'm not sure, but I've got Alonso be, uh, beating Ocon in the teammate rivalry, which seems harsh because Ocon was getting up to speed. But I just think, from what I saw from Alonso preseason testing, even though you can't read into the laptop, he just seemed very, very comfortable straight away. And we know what Fernando's like. He will push that team to the limit. Um, and and he has that sort of aura, for good or bad, which will sort of make things more favourable towards him. And just sort of, I mean, let's not, let's not forget, he won the, 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 his two world titles with Renault, and he does have that emotional connection with the Enstone team. Um, and I just think he'll just be able to um, get get one over on on Ocon. But Ocon actually said that with Ricardo, maybe it was a bit of a too friendly relationship with Perez. It brought out the best in him because he was, you know, he had, he was sort of fighting against someone and really, you know, proving he had to prove to someone or prove to the world that he could do it. I think it'll be a fascinating team dynamic. But I've gone for Alonso. What do you guys have? So. <laughs> While the Alpine car is top two with looks, I put it sixth uh, for its on-track performance this year. I think that, you know, while it is harsh, as you said, to put a team in sixth place and say that, yeah, you can be the sixth best team, but I don't think that's going to be like it means that over the year they were the sixth best. I think they're going to have some races where they're really, really on it and then other races where they can just be nowhere in comparison. I mean, just a bit meh. Yeah, I mean, and it's not just. Also, I think that they, Renault, have that historical tendency to also like have more failures than other teams. Um, you know, if we, I know it's like two years ago, but I think it was Bahrain two thousand and nineteen. Um, and I'm pretty sure both of their cars retired in the last few laps, in or corner. something like that. Yeah, in on the same corner. And they lost a really good points all. And, and Ocon had quite th- a lot of unreliability last year as well. Exactly. Um, Ricardo had some bits of unreliability as well. Uh, and I think as well, I'm not going to say Ricardo is a better driver than Alonso uh, because Alonso is a two time world champion. But I think right now, Ricardo's better if, to be in that seat than Alonso is as well. So I think re- losing Ricardo is going to be a big thing. Um, so I think that it would take a little bit of time for Fernando to get a little bit up to speed, sort of how we saw with Ocon. It won't be, take as long as Ocon because Fernando is an elite level talent. But I think because he's been out of the seat for two years instead of Ocon just one year, I think that will sort of play on his mind a little bit. Uh, I think Ocon's also going to win the teammate battle. Not to say that he's going to you know destroy Alonso, but I think the, that lineup is really evenly matched when you put all things into perspective. And, you know, as you said with Ocon, when he fights someone who is like, you know, not a friend to him in some regards, it does bring out the best of him. You know, 2009, uh, 2018, 2017, he was very, very good. 2018 especially, you know, I'm pretty sure he beat Perez on head-to-head that season. And it was almost almost a comfortable victory as well. But obviously Perez was just able to get those extra results compared to Ocon. Um, obviously, Ocon 
uh, was blocked by Perez and got hit by Perez a couple of times and hit Perez back as well. Um, so there's that, there's that tendency, a potential tendency, but I think that he's going to have a little bit of an edge over Fernando. Yeah, I feel like we're all reading on the same like prediction seat here because I've also got Alpine in sixth. <laughs> but I think <laughs> the case of Alpine, again, the midfield is just so tight to call. And this is not like this is not to say Alpine's gonna have a bad season or a worse season than last year. I still think they're gonna be very on form, but I do think the ranking of that midfield is gonna to be totally different each weekend. It's gonna to be totally different. It's that close to call. I think they do seem quite well set up for this year as well. Last year's car was very, very good. Um I think the the Alonso coming into the team as well, that's gonna be a massive boost for them as a whole, although I have got my reservations about that cycling injury and the effects of that, even though he has said it's fine, obviously you just don't know how much that, like over a course of a really long race distance and an intense race schedule, how that's going to affect him. Um, the teammate battle as a result of that, I've put Ocon ahead of Alonso because I know it, it's known that when Ocon has a good car under him, he can deliver consistent results. And I think the case of last year was just he was adapting back into the sport because he'd been out of it for a whole year and although I think it's going to be tight between Alonso and Ocon I think that just consistency from Ocon to deliver very solid results over Alonso who's not only got an injury but also coming back in after two years out you know I think Ocon should have it really and I think it's Ocon's win to take Okay so moving on we've got Aston Martin next and they didn't have an ideal uh, preseason. If you had to say who had the most comfortable, uh, they'd probably be worse. They had probably the most issues as well. And as a result, they only completed 314 laps, which was the ninth best. Um, and they had a best lap time of a 130.4, which was also the ninth best, set by Strong and C5s. Um, like I say, it was fairly frustrating for them. They had a lot of small niggling issues. Um, had a, an electrical glitch, uh, a gearbox issue, a turbo issue, and as a result, uh, Seb actually managed the least number of laps um, out of anyone. Um, but when you counter that, Stroll actually did, I think, the sixth most or something, so um, it's, it wasn't all doom and gloom. Um, and the, the car has, the, the most important thing is that car still has pace. It hasn't lost a load of performance from last year. It was the third best car last year. They just couldn't quite do it. And uh, they also lost points uh, due to the uh, break duck saga. Um, so without that, they would have actually finished third. Um, but that, that car hasn't lost pace at all. They just haven't found the... We just haven't seen enough, really, uh, of it yet. Um, we would have liked to see them do some sort of quality sims. But that will come over the course of the year. Um They've got a new suspension, which they were able to get without any tokens being used from the Mercedes uh, last year. And yeah, I just think they've just—I think they've not gone under the radar because they didn't—they didn't. It's—it's didn't, <laughs> it's really difficult, but to explain. But they just sort of—they never—they whenever I saw them, they always just had really—they just had C C ones or C twos on, and just going round and round, and or they were in the garage fixing an issue. So. So maybe maybe underwhelming is is the right word, but um, I have actually put them third because I just think if they're able to extract the maximum of that car, they will be in a very 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 good shape. And I think 
uh, with Vettel coming in, he seems, even though he had those issues, he just seems very relaxed in his interviews um, and not, not too worried. I think he's just, you know, getting on with it. They do have still a lot of data to go over. Um, and it may maybe take him a couple of races to get up to speed. Um, with Lance Straub as well, uh, we saw last year uh, those immense flashes of talent, um, like in Turkey, like in Hungary, um, like in you know Mugello and Monza. Um, and he, sh you know, he's. I think he's still I, he's, as well. Yeah, he's still got bits. He's still got to find. He's just got to. He's very still raw. got a little bit to prove. Yeah, he's just still got. He's 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 working. He's chipping away at his you know critics. He's defeated most of them, but there's still just a few lingering ones left. Um, after he had that quite rough spell, which um, most of it wasn't his fault last year. But if he just pieces a, a season together, uh, I think he's he, he's 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 improving all the time. And I mean, there's there's pretty much no one better to learn off than a Seb Vettel. They seem to be getting on pretty well. Um, and he's going to learn so much from from having Seb, a four-time world champion, next to him. Um, so yeah, I've gone for them in third, uh, but I've also gone for Vettel winning the teammate robbery. Uh, who do you guys have? Where or where do you guys have Aston Martin? So I have Aston actually in fourth. So I think that they're going to have a really good package, as the same as they had last season. Um, I think that they're going to be very strong as well, but for me, they their um, lineup has the ability to either be really, really good or just above average. Um, you know, Stroll, we saw it last year. The start of the season, he was immense. Um, was on top of Perez for most of the first half of the season. Then he had that little blip from Mugello to uh, I'd say like Bahrain where it just seemed like things weren't going his way even with that Istanbul qualifying um, and there's that tendency to him that it could happen again um, if it doesn't happen and he's you know on it then they've got a really good really good car with him on the other side of the garage you Vettel and obviously with a better, he's a bit of an unknown quantity in the midfield. The last time he was in the midfield with an actual midfield car and the midfield team, he was really, really good in 2008. Last year, obviously, he didn't perform anywhere near what he should have been. Could that have been because of the way the car was set up? Maybe. Could it be? Could it have been because of you know hostilities in the team? Maybe. But I think that if they if they're on it. They've got a really strong package and they could get third. But I think because there's that potential for it to just go a little bit wrong at one point during the season, you know, not like, say, 10 races, but there's, you know, maybe a four race span where they're just eighth and ninth instead of being, you know, fifth and sixth or whatever. That could cost them in the long run. I think that Vettel is going to win the teammate battle. Um, you know, I think his experience is going to be too much for Stroll. Uh, it won't be a super close battle, but it also won't be a really, you know, decisive battle. I think it's going to be, you know, 20 points or something like that. And those 20 points will probably be, be because of like a, a bit of an issue with the car or something like that. Um, you, you talk about their, um, their test and 
there's a uh, Taylor said something about it actually. I know he's not with us today, but um, he said that you know McLaren had a really good test apparently, but Aston Martin had a terrible one. Yet Aston Martin did thirteen laps less than McLaren. So, you know, it's. I think there's different narratives for those teams, and I think there's a lot more expectation with Aston Martin because of the whole hype around it. And if that if that bubble bursts, it bursts, but I don't think it will. So that's why I think I put them fourth. Yep, like with you now, I've also put Aston Martin fourth. Um, I think they're going to be a very good team this year. I think the dynamic of having Vettel and Stroll in the team is going to be really, really good for the team. I think Vettel, he's going to be quite rejuvenated this year and I think we're going to see him back back at his best, hopefully. I think those last year at Ferrari was very, very rough and quite a bit of a downfall, really. And in um, the case of Stroll, I think if he can just find that consistency that he's been lacking so much last year, I know, I know the COVID diagnosis didn't really help his case in that matter but I think if he finds that consistency then he's going to be a really really good driver for them and maybe even push him further up the order um, but I think at the moment I think it's going to be Vettel that comfortably beats Stroll unless Stroll can find his consistency and in that case it would probably be a bit closer to call um, but I think overall I think it, they're going to be fourth um, with Vettel as the leading driver Okay, so up next is McLaren, as they finish third in the championship last year. They, like you say now, they didn't actually do that many laps in the end. They only did 327, which was the eighth most, with a best lap of a 1 minute 30.1, which was the sixth best, set by Ricardo on the C4s. Um, yeah, just, just very, very, uh, quite understated, really. They had quite a conservative run plan. Um, but uh, from a perspective of reliability, the, it was a pretty amazingly seamless transition because this car was not designed with a Mercedes engine in mind. Um, and they spent all of their tokens uh, just adapting their car to fit the Mercedes. Um, so no developments elsewhere. So it is pretty much the car that they ended up with at the end of last year. Um, but I mean, it's not really a lot to say on them from from preseason. I mean, they just had a yeah. They just went through the uh, went through the processes, went through their run plan. Uh, Ricardo seemed to be up to speed fine. Norris did his thing, um, and just seems to be another solid year for McLaren. Um, I, as you might have guessed, where I had Aston Martin, I have them in fourth. Um, again, they're not going to be finishing seventh and eighth every race. Um, they're going to be at the top of the midfield. Um, Ricardo's really going to enjoy that environment. He'll probably you know, definitely sneak a few podiums here and there. Um, and I also have Ricardo being that teammate battle. I think uh, if Ricardo can just translate his best form into the car immediately, um, you know, if we saw at Renault, he took a little bit to get up to speed. Um, but I think if he's able to get into that car and just perform straight away, I think Norris could be in for a bit of a shock. Um, but at the same time, Norris has had two years now. He's been developing quite nicely. And if he, he he's, he's always quick in quality. Um, so I just think, yep, bring it on. It'll be, it'll be a good little rivalry. They do seem a bit, bit, bit more serious than you might expect. I think a lot of people 
um, looking at you, Simon Lazenby, thought it was going to be a little jokey, little, yes, they're a bromance, but I don't think they're really too bothered about that. Yes, they're going to get on well, but I think the media ran with it with that a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, that's what I have. So with McLaren, I've got them third. I think there's not really... Um, you can't really argue with that a lot. Obviously, with the midfield, it's hard to predict by the McLaren. They're, they're going to be at the top of it anyway with the way they've been the last couple of years. But I think them getting third all um, relies on Norris's performance. You know, I think, you know, while he's been good the last couple of years, I think he's gotten away with not being good enough. Um, you know, he's been comfortably beaten the last couple of years by science. Uh, obviously, you know, his first season, you know, 47 points, not, it's not too bad, but compared to science, he should have been a lot higher up uh, than last season. You look at all of the bad luck that affected McLaren. It all affected one side of the garage compared to Norris. So he should have had a higher points total. We should have beaten Leclerc. He definitely should have beaten Albon. Um, so I think that if he can fire on all cylinders, like his junior career and his potential has pointed towards, he can definitely help McLaren solidify themselves in third. I think Ricardo's going to win the team at battle because Ricardo is an elite level talent. You know, he's that person that could sneak a championship if things fall the right way, like a Jensen Button type of thing. Um, he seems a lot more serious this year. Uh, you know, he said, you know, I think in interviews before uh, season testing and even before the car was revealed that he's not actually going to be this mean team with Lando. He wants to beat Lando. He wants to assert dominance in this team because he's a new person coming into it. You know, I think that they obviously they're, they're going to have a good car because of the last few years. And I think that they're still going to be third and better the rest. Yep, again, I've I've also put McLaren third. Now, the strange thing is with my prediction, I think if you asked me this a week ago, I would have put them lower down because I had a bit of my um, reserves about how reliable they'd be, you know, given such the sport, short space of time implementing the safety power unit into their current chassis. But I think the test has shown that they've done that very well. Um, so I've got them third because I think, the, you know, you got... The game third last year of a team pairing of Carlos Sainz and Lando Norris. And there's no disrespect to Carlos Sainz, but I think Daniel Ricciardo is a far better driver than he is. So I think they're just going to be even better this year and score even more points. Lando Norris is now even better than he was last year, probably, given that he's not natural development. Um, so I think, even though I think Ricciardo will beat Norris, I think teammate pairing is going to be a very very strong lineup and I do hope it's going to be a very very close one as well I hope we see a proper rivalry between the two because I do think that McLaren this year I think we could see a really big rise from them I think they could be clear midfield favourites maybe even pushing the top two we'll, ne- we'll never know until we see the first round yes indeed so getting to the uh, top two then Red Bull so they did the seventh most laps, 369. And they had the fastest uh, lap overall with a one minute 28.9. Uh, uh, set by Verstappen on the C4s. And to be honest, from their perspective, couldn't have really gone better. 
Um, new Honda engine worked perfectly. Um, Verstappen said that the the car was responding well to setup changes, which is always a good thing. He was able to push the car. Uh, I don't know if you ever saw any onboards, but it just seemed to be really, really comfortable within the car. Um, and Honda say, and sorry, Red Bull say that it is the best prepared they've been in the hybrid era, even though they seem to say that every year. But I genuinely, I don't want to fall into the trap of Red Bull because we've seen it time and time again. Um, but I genuinely think they are going to be closer this year. And I think we'll, we'll obviously get on to Mercedes, but it's just, I really, really hope it's going to be tight. And I hope I'm being de- deliberately pessimistic here. So I get to be proven wrong. Um, but I just think Mercedes are, as Thanos once said, inevitable. I just think they are a, um, just, they're just a, such a well-oiled machine. And Red Bull have had so many false dawns and failed and broken promises. Um, but the driver lineup strongest uh, has been strongest they've had in the last few years um, with Sergio Perez, and he seems to have got on fine. I think he said he'd probably rather do maybe a few more, uh, maybe a couple of more days just to get uh, up to speed and familiarised with the Red Bull, um, you know, procedures and everything. Um, but I think he'll do well. I think what Red Bull need as well is. They, what they wanted from uh, a Gasly and an Albon is to just be in that fight with the with the Mercedes. Even if he's, you know, he doesn't need to be out qualifying for Stappen. That's not what they want. They just need him to be, you know, three seconds behind in fourth, and so Mercedes can't gang up on Verstappen. You know, if he if 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 uh, Perez is in fourth, uh, a couple of seconds behind, and he go, you know, he pits early. Well, now one of the Mercedes now has to cover off uh, Perez. So now, you know, it just creates that strategy which you sometimes need. You know, we've seen with Mercedes, you know, look back at, uh, you know, 2018 Monza comes to the top of my head. You know, one of the Mercedes pits early and you and you force Raikkonen to pit. And then, you know, Bottas is, pit, is blocking Raikkonen and Raikkonen destroys his tyres and then uh, Hamilton easily wins the race. So something like that, you know, you need you need that sort of dynamic uh, between the drivers. You need you need him to be there. And Ripple haven't had that with Albon. He was too busy passing uh, Raikkonen around the outside of Cops for P15, oh. which is apparently a great move. Exactly. No, to be um, fair, to be fair, good move. But yeah, exactly. Sean Buchanan a Rebel. Yes, <laughs> he's in a race-winning car and he's fighting <laughs> a pensioner, but. You know, well, David, Albon's Albon's not a good rest for yet. He, he's he's had he's a uh, he's had a, he's, a, he's having his critics. He can take a break. Yeah, um, he's, he's he's been the punching bag for a season. Exactly. So. There's definitely a new punching bag this year. What's that? Slightly slightly further down the grid. Oh no, there's one up there as well. Um, <laughs> We've got two this there's year. Two. We've got yeah, two. There's two. <laughs> there's two. Um, and so I I've got Red Bull in second, but. I really hope I'm proved wrong, and I do think it'll be close. I think it it might be a yo-yo. I mean, I think we might we'll, we'll see phase of the season where maybe at the start of the season Red Bull are on top, and then Mercedes might fight back, and then we might see Red, Red Bull always a strong at the end of the season. Um, and I thought about this the other day actually. It's a bit of a random one, but Red Bull were always extremely strong around Mexico. Imagine Perez winning around Mexico. I mean, that would just be insane. I mean, they would be partying out on the streets for weeks on end. I mean, um, I mean if he, I even think... if he gets on the podium, it would be <laughs> still be insane. True. Um, but anyway, let's, let's not get bogged down in, in that um, 
So I've got Red Bull in second. I think uh, no, no brainer really. Verstappen's going to be be the uh, be the um, the uh, win the win the uh, teammate battle. Uh, but I just could be really really excited. It's, it, I just hope it's going to be an exciting year. So I'm not believing anything from Red Bull. No. Oh. I I will only believe anything from Red Bull if both Mercedes like don't finish the first four races of the season and their engine is like you know ten kilometers down on power compared to the Red Bull. You know I think you know they they're going to be second best obviously because you know if they get beaten by a midfield team that is embarrassing. Um, I don't think they're going to beat Mercedes. I don't think they're going to really fight Mercedes. You know, um, it. It could be closer, and for the sake of the sport, I hope it's closer. But if I'm looking at it with a realistic approach, I just don't see any sign as to why Red Bull were going to be challenging Mercedes. You know, they obviously at the end of the season they're always better, so they can get you know more hype going into the next season for when they then qualify five tenths off it at round one. You know, I think their car might probably suit Bahrain a bit more. Uh, for the start of the season, so there's the possibility of that. But you know, I I don't want to seem like I'm being too harsh, but I just think Mercedes are the best team on the grid. No, what you know, no one can disagree about that. I think they're going to come with another good car. I think Red Bull are going to be just stuck in no man's land with the occasional couple of races. Perez, as you said, is a very good signing for them. So obviously, he's going to help in the closer races, help them push Mercedes in a strategical aspect but I don't think they're going to beat Mercedes I mean someone said to me uh, the other day they're like oh if, if you know a Bottas has another stinker of a season they could generally beat them it's like well no you know because even with Red Bull getting say an extra 120 130 points across the season from Perez they're still going to be nowhere near what the 2020 Mercedes was capable of you know that that car missed Hamilton for a race and had Bottas doing pirouettes in a Turkish car park. So, and they still obliterated the season. So I don't... I'm, I'm being You're not buying reserved. it yet. You're, not, you're not convinced. It. No, I'm not buying stock. I'm just... I'm saving my money and I'm waiting until they've actually shown something in a representative session. Well, it's funny you should say that because I have fallen into the trap of Red Bull and I've put oh, them first. Oh, Joe. <laughs> Dr. Marco's tricks right. have been played. Yeah, I've fallen played. into the trap. He's been brainwashed. So I'll, I'll, put the, I'll, I'll give you a good reason for this now. So I think Red Bull, I don't think they're going to have the best car in the grid. I think still think Mercedes is going to have the best car in the grid. But I think they're going to be close enough to a point where it comes down to driver ability and the driver like pairings. And I think Red Bull have a better driver pairing than Mercedes. So I think on that front, if it's very, very close, this is this is dependent on how close they are. If they're very close, I do think Red Bull are going to have the upper hand because I'm, I simply think the signing of Perez, I think once he's fully adapted into the team, hopefully the sooner the better, really, for their chances. Um, but I think if Perez adapts into the team well and does the job that, Ricardo and Verstappen had like in 2017, 2018, where they can really sort of challenge Mercedes on the strategical front of things. I think they'll, I think they should have them. I think, and I think even though Verstappen will probably beat Perez, I don't think it's going to be a total annihilation that we've seen Verstappen do with Gasly and Albon. I think 
Perez is going to do exactly the job Red Bull want from him. And I think that's why I've, I put them top because I just I just think this pairing, I think it, it excites me a lot because I think finally, if Red Bull do deliver a good car or deliver a car that's capable because it, it, this is an evolution of the regulations and the previous chassis. So, and Red Bull have gotten the terrority of, you know, being very good at the end of the season. So I think if they can build on that momentum, which they can do the best opportunity, given that this is not a major regulation change, this is an evolution, I do think Red Bull could have the upper hand. Well, fair enough. And the last team then, Mercedes. Um, I'm looking at my notes here. I'm not even sure I've, I've backed this, but 304 laps is the least amount, which I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure it is they true, but, they but, but I mean, that just doesn't really look right. Um, we've seen the last few years, they have just been absolutely faultless in pre-season testing. Um, and the fastest lap uh, was a 1 minute 30.0 set by Hamilton on the C5s, um, which wasn't that near the top. But yeah, it's just, I don't think anyone's naive enough to write them off completely. But I think the most important thing is there is work to do. Like we saw in 2019, where in week one, they were not that good and they just brought a whole new car. Um, and they, but they had, the, they had the um, safety of doing that, though. This year, they yeah, don't. Exactly. Which is... This year, I mean, they're doing I... a, a shakedown, um, no. a, a testing, yeah, a, test, a, a filming day right now. Um, yeah. and, and there's been a bit of a debate. It was, uh, are they just going to bring a new car and just test out the parts? Um, it's so complex. I mean, are they going to bring a new car? I mean, you can't bring a new car, but are they, they probably will bring updates into FB1. I think there'll uh, be but a they new have... car by no, I, you can't bring it. No, it won't be a new car though. There'll well, be not, change... there'll be, there'll well be not a full new one, but there'll be a, no. There'll be some. But there'll be changes. Changes yeah. of major but, things. But yeah, like like we've seen, they are undoubtedly the best run team on the grid, and they work incredibly hard and. They never rest on their laurels. They're never, they never get complacent. So they, they will fix these issues and they will get on top of them at some point. But right now, Depends I when. think it's fair to say, yeah, and, and when. But I think right now it's fair to say that Red Bull do hold the advantage over them. Um, and I'll just run through this now. I mean, they had issues on Friday morning um, with Bottas. He only did six laps on the, on the first morning session. Hamilton spun on day two and brought other flag. And then he spun again on day three, going on to a, trying to do a fast lap. Um, they just, there is rear end instability there. Um, we know that those reg changes, the floor has been changed. So it's slightly uh, sort of tapered off and you can't um, have as many elements on it. So that is where it comes from. Um, and yeah, it, like I say, no one's silly enough to write them off, but this has been a bit of a struggle for them. Um, and that's why um, they're going to have to work hard. I still think um, they're going to finish first in the championship overall, because I just think they're too good uh, to struggle for much longer. I think they're just, yeah, inevitable, really. Um, and I think Hamilton will come out on top. Um of the obviously. other two drivers, obviously, <laughs> yeah. um, and uh, also be world champion. Um, and crazy uh, prediction, well, yeah, Ooh. crazy prediction. There, what do you guys think? Would you, where oh, do you guys? Well, I well, know really, but I am gonna say you know, the most groundbreaking thing. I think that Mercedes are gonna finish on top. Ooh. Um, no, I think that they because of the way they ran. They will find a solution quite quickly to whatever issue they have. Um, some of it 
might be down to some driver input as well. Um, Hamilton might have to adapt something a little bit. And I think we all know that he has that adaption ability in his skill set, obviously. Um, maybe at the start of the season, they might be a little bit off where they want to be, but they could still be off where they want to be and they could be five tenths up the road. That's Mercedes's like standards. That's how high they are. Um, obviously, Hamilton's going to beat Bottas because it's Bottas, he's not really a championship threat. And if he is a championship threat, Hamilton has done something dramatically wrong in his preseason preparations. Um, I think they're going to beat Rebel. I don't think it's going to be as close uh, as, you know, 550 points or whatever they had last year or something like that. But I think it'll be 80, 80 to 100 points ahead of Red Bull. Obviously, I've put Mercedes second on my list. Now, I think the preseason Mercedes had obviously was shocking. And obviously, I think today they've been doing a filming day of some sort. Um, it's a bit unsure about whether they're actually sort of testing a whole new sort of component in the car or whatever, or it's genuinely just a filming day. But I think the main reasons I've put Mercedes second is for a start, the car doesn't, like, I think the car is fast, but I don't think it's, a, I don't think it's an easy car to drive. It, it looks like it's a very difficult car to get on top of. But if you do get on top of it, it can be very rewarding. But, and I think as well, then the second reason is I just don't think when it comes to, like, if the two cars are close, both Rebel and Mercedes, I don't think Bottas has got it in him to be the perfect deputy to really sort of secure Mercedes at Constructors title. Because when you look back to 2018, um, obviously Ferrari and Mercedes in a very sort of tight battle and even though Mercedes did win in the end, that was mainly down to Lewis's sort of dominance in the team and how good he was that year's season, arguably his best season in the sport. Um, but with, I think with Bottas that year, he was winless and he came fifth, which kind of says a lot when it comes to being in high-pressure situations, which I think is arguably the biggest title challenge we've had in 2018. Bottas in 2019, yeah, he won a few races, but he was under no pressure at all. He was just in a bit of a no-man's land in second place in the sort of the same year in 2020, although Verstappen was a little bit closer this time. But I do think this year is going to be the year when, if Red Bull are close enough, I don't think Bottas is going to be able to be the perfect second driver for Mercedes to secure that constructor title. I do think it's going to slip out of their park and go into the hands of Red Bull. All right, so that has been the constructor predictions. We're now, I'm now going to ask the guys, well, we've actually pre-prepared them, some quick-fire questions. Um, I'm going to reveal them, and then we're going to give a little explanation to them. So the first one I have is, which driver will complete the fewest laps? Now, I had Mick Schumacher, Nat had Kimi Raikkonen, and Joel, you had Nikita Mazepin. Uh, I had Schumacher because I just think there'll probably be some unreliability there. Um, and he might get involved in a few incidents. That's it, really. I put um, Kimmy because I think that... I I was torn between uh, Haas and Kimmy, but I think it's going to be uh, Kimmy. Um, He'll probably be mainly just reliability or something like that. Um, Maybe a couple of stupid accidents that might not be his fault, but he still gets caught up in. I've put down Mazepin for the fact that I think he's a very raw driver. I still think his racecraft could do a lot of improvement. And I think this year we're going to see a lot of his sort of 
aggression idiocy. come through. Yeah, idiocy, stupidity. Because last year, you know, in F2, he made some pretty stupid manoeuvres. Like, I think it was Belgium, I think it was, on the last lap when he's battling Sonoda um, for the for the win, I think it was. Last two laps, I think it was. And he just kept shutting the door on him. And I think in, in F2, you get away with it a bit more because the cars in F2 are built for a little bit more you know, all right, let's, let's, let's get bogged down in Mazepin. Okay, so yeah. let's move on. But it's just, I just think Mazepin anyway. I think he's a very raw driver. So, okay, yeah. so races with the most DNFs, oh, race, what the race with the most DNFs. Um, I went Bahrain, Matt went Baku, and Joel went Monaco. Uh, I went Bahrain because it's the first race, and we might see some unreliability and rustiness. Because, like we saw in Austria last year, uh, I don't think there are very many finishes for that race. I went Baku purely because of the fact it's Baku and we have Nikita Mazepin on the grid. You're going to crash once. <laughs> I've, I've put down Monaco on mine um, simply because of the fact I think there's a lot of, you know, they haven't been in two years. Um, Monaco's a very, very demanding circuit. And I, I just believe... forgot where turn three is. <laughs> yeah, I believe there's a few good few drivers on that grid, I think. Uh, I think Sonoda hasn't raced up Monaco. Sonoda's never driven Monaco. Yeah, and I don't think there's, that's yeah. crazy. And I think the other two drivers as well, the other two F2 boys, and even the whole grid, they haven't been there for two years, and the cars have changed a lot since then. So it's going to be yeah. quite interesting to see. You know, I think, it's good. I think we're going to see a lot of accidents in that race, especially if it's so, as, for, as for Fweber. So who will finish 10th in the Drivers' Championship? I've gone for Mr. Norris. Matt went for Science, and Joe went for Gasly. Um, I've gone for Norris uh, because... Um, I have really. This is it's so tight. You could put anyone in there really that you wanted to, and, and probably justify it. Um, now you've gone for science, but probably, probably because of uh, yeah. I put the science there because yeah, that's sort of where I think the Ferrari will be. You know, I think lower top ten will probably be where both drivers finish in the standings. Yeah, I've put Gasly. Um, I think he's just going to be really, again, really good this season. I think he's going to pull out some really good results over the course of the season. And I think his consistency as well is going to play a part in him getting 10th this year. Which track will the World Drivers' Champion uh, be crowned? I've uh, rather optimistically put Abu Dhabi, uh, therefore indicating <laughs> it will go down to the wire. Um, Matt's gone rather differently and put Japan, uh, and Joel's put Brazil. Not, very feeling, not feeling very confident then, Matt. No, um, well, you know, we had we had a seventeen race calendar last season. How much has wrapped up um, in Portugal? So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to probably going to finish at Japan. And to be honest, I would rather like it to finish at Japan. I think that's quite a historic place to get your eighth world title. But do you know how early Japan is in the calendar? Yeah, it's it 17. is really early. It's like it's like, it's it's like 17. race seventeen out of twenty three. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what I mean. It's Japan very bold. The championship before seventeen races. I think he can win it there. So you think he'll be crowned at Japan round 17 out of 23? I think he'll be crowned at Japan, yeah. Very well, optimistic yeah. thinking. Fair, Joel, you're round 20 out of 23. I think yeah, I've, I've, I've put Brazil because less, I think... A bit less optimistic, but... I think it's a lot... Yeah, I've kind of gone 50-50 really on this one. And I think the reason for it, I think it's it's going to be much closer this year, I hope. I really do hope, but it, I don't think it's going to go right down to the wire. I think it, there'll be like a key point in the season where everything will, the whole dynamic of the season will change. I don't know what it'll be, but I think it's going to be that like a big turning point, sort of like Singapore 2017. So I think we're going to get one of them and that's going to sort of swing the pendulum in favour of 
a driver that's going to help them rattle the title a little bit earlier. That's fair enough. So I then asked who will win the most driver of the day awards. I went for Verstappen, Matt, uh, pick two, which was already in the rules, picked Max or Mick. <laughs> and, I do uh, all. Oh, thank you very much. Right. And Joel <laughs> picked uh, Russell. I mean, Verstappen, he won it last year and he'll probably do it again. He'll probably get a few wins. He'll probably get more wins than he did last year. So, yeah, I've just got Verstappen. You know, uh, he has a lot of fans. Yeah. Uh, I was torn between Max and Mick and I couldn't really pick, so I just picked them both. Max, I was thinking of him because obviously, you know, his orange army are quite um, prominent. Uh, but also I put Mick because I think a lot of the, a certain group of Twitter, um, or a certain group of the fan base, will feel very sorry for him because of um, he should be in a better suit, apparently. Um, a super drive from 19th to 17th. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it'll be the same same sort of thing as when Harry Anto started winning all of the... Uh, Oh yeah, I remember Driver that. Of the days in and they had to totally exclude it, but they didn't even like mention it. But yeah. everyone was like voted by like a country mile. Um, I've got down Russell simply because I believe that um, I think he's going to do some really good drives this season. Don't get me wrong, but the people are still living in the mindset that Williams are how they are in 2019. I think the Williams cars going to be better this year and capable of getting occasional points. But people aren't still visioning Williams as if they were in 2019, where they're miles off. Yeah, so I well, think it's going to sort of inflate his performances quite a bit because of that. If if the Williams is like what Russell says it is, if it's going to be a very peaky car and it'll be a yo-yo car on the good days, he could finish easily in the in like top eight or something, you know? Yeah. So maybe I mean, you know, almost, you almost did prediction. that at like Mugello anyway. Yeah. So... Well, that's because there was about four finishes. Yeah. But... Yeah. yeah. Moving on. <laughs> I asked. Still... I asked who will win the DHL uh, fastest lap championship. Prestigious uh, is when you add up. Is it a championship? It's just whoever gets the most fastest laps. Uh, I, Hamilton won it last year, and I've won Hamilton again. Uh, Nat went Sergio Perez, and Joel went, for some reason, Bottas. <laughs> yeah, so I've gone for Bottas, simply because I think Mercedes are going to try and use him to kind of help with their constructors' efforts. So I think it's going to be some races. I think we're going to see more of this, where teams are going to tactically use their drivers or second drivers for the fastest lap extra point for the Constructors Championship. So that's what my thinking has come down to because I don't think Bottas are going to be challenging for race wins so they're just going to simply yeah, do you think pop do you him think, in the pits on a fresh set of tyres. Do you think fourth or fifth or whatever is going to be 25 seconds behind? I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, so. it, it depends. It depends on the race situation but I just think that's what we're going to see a bit of this season. Teams pitting their driver or second driver to get that extra point in. It just depends really on the race circumstance. See, I, I went for Perez, sort of in the same mindset of Joel, was that they're going to use a second driver to try and take points away. But I also think, because I don't think Red Bull are going to be as close to Mercedes as what everyone thinks, so I think they're just going to be like, oh, well, you know, it's, what, lap 55 out of 62. Let's just put him in the pits. You know, we've got 50 seconds back to the nearest car. He's in fourth place. What, what, what you know, Hamilton's got, uh, you know, we're first... You know, it's second and fourth, or whatever. Bottas is twenty seconds up the road, something like that. Just pit and try and get a faster slap to take it away from Mercedes. That's what I think. So I think it'd be Perez. Okay, so I've not actually prepared these. A bit of a um, yeah, just putting these onto you guys straight away. Who is your surprise of the season? Um, I want to hand it to you guys while I think of mine. So I've gone for Giovinazzi. I think he's going to be the surprise of the season. I think um, it might not be 
you know, an incredible surprise of the season, but I think he's going to be much better than Raikkonen. Um, and I think he's going to have some standout performances. Right. I was close to putting Giovinazzi in fact, but I've kind of shifted towards Ocon. Um, simply because I believe Ocon's going to be a much better driver that we saw last year. And I think we are going to see more of what we saw in 2017, 2018, where he's unbelievably consistent. Hopefully we do, because he he's a very good driver. And I, I do think it's going to be quite a surprise this season. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah. you finished say, your thinking. <laughs> I'm going to say the Kisa Mazepin. Oh, because no. I think he's going to out-qualify Mick. I think I, I'm going to say he's going to win the qualifying battle. Um, and I'm, I hope I don't get cancelled for saying this. Um, that's it, but, we're cancelled. Oh, it's sorry, guys. You've ruined that's it. Over. Wrap, wrap it up. No, I just, I just think... <laughs> I mean, I, I think people... Um, people are going to hate on him. No, he's fast. He or like, but, yeah. Or they just they just choose to ignore the fact he's fast. So I think if he does outqualify Mick, I mean, it's just going to be like, oh, we, hang on, he's, he's, you're not supposed you're not supposed to do that. So that, yeah, that's I mean, what he's... that's what I've gone for. Um, you know, okay, and uh, to counter that disappointment of the season, um, I'm once again going to hand it to you guys. While I think about for, um, disappointment of the season, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Norris. I think, Ooh. I I think that if he if it goes wrong, and if he doesn't perform to the way he should be with Ricardo, I think he's going to probably end up there. I, I, I can't go for a team because like teams are just too easy to say like oh this point of the season I'm going to go with Haas because they're going to be really slow at the back. It's like yeah that's obvious. So you've got to try and and then you can't go with the drivers either because the drivers are rookies. So yeah, I'm going to go with Norris. Not in a bad thing. I think that if it goes wrong, it'll go wrong massively for him. Now, I'm actually really struggling with this one, actually. I think it's it's quite hard to pinpoint who do you think is actually going to be a disappointment because it varies on the scale of, like, their expectations. But I and think context. for my... Yeah, exactly. And I think my disappointment of this season, I'm leaning towards someone like Bottas. And I think even though there's not much... You can't really be disappointed to, yeah, if you, you have no expectations of Yeah, exactly. Him. The expectations are low for him anyway, but I think he's going to even fall, fall below them because I'm seeing people wow. who are like... Oh, this is going to be Bottas' year because Hamilton. Yeah, well, I think as it is, like, ever, you've Australia. seen people. Yeah, that's, you've seen that's, people that's, say. That's how he's going to go. Yeah, you've seen people say, like, oh, yeah, Bottas could, like, you know, challenge Hamilton because Hamilton's getting old or Hamilton's only got this and this, and you know. But I think every single time that happens, it's like he gets worse every year. And I think people that are saying that he's actually a title contender this season are just. It, 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 Boggles the mind how people can sit like be serious about him. I just don't think. I think he's going to be woeful this year. I just, I just think it's going to have an absolute howler of a year. Are those, are those people? All right, let's, in your uh, let's head? move on. Let's move on. Um, mine. Well, you guys spit me as your surprise. I'm going to go Giovinazzi. Um, I just yeah, think both. he's just, oh, he's just so uninspiring. Because the, really. the bar is so low. <laughs> yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's only, he's only there because of his passport. Um, yeah. Alfa Romeo wanted an, an Italian driver, and yeah. he's Italian, so, so that's it. Really. And he's a I just proper think. Italian. He's a proper pizza de pasta Italian, you know. Um, whatever that means. Um, yeah. So that's why I've <laughs> gone for uh, Giovinazzi. And I'm now I'm gonna now ask some uh, questions. Yes or no questions. I just literally want you to guys want you guys just to say yes or no and give no explanation. Okay. So Mazepin will receive a race ban. I'm going for yes. I'm going for no. 
I'm also going for no. Okay. Russell will whitewash Latifi in qualifying again. I'm going yes. I'm going yes, but it won't be as close as it won't be as much as last season in terms of the gap. I'm also going to go yes. Okay. McLaren will win a race. Yes. No. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sprint races will be scrapped halfway through. No. Yes, please. <laughs> I've gone for no. Okay. Alonso returns to the podium. Yes. No. Nope. One race has 20 classified finishes. Yes. 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 Okay, then. So, if we just... I think what uh, we do next is just quickly go through... Uh, just recap um, our standings for the teams. So, from 10th to 1st, I have Haas, Williams, Alfa AlphaTauri, Alpine, Ferrari, McLaren... Aston Martin, Red Bull, and Mercedes. I have for my top 10, I have 10th Haas, then Williams, Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri, Alpine, Ferrari, Aston Martin, McLaren, Red Bull, and Mercedes top of the pile. Right, so my team rankings, I've got 10th Haas, 9th Williams, 8th Alfa Romeo, 7th Alfa Tauri, 6th, Alpine, 5th, Ferrari, 4th, Aston Martin, 3rd, McLaren, 2nd, Mercedes, and top of the standings, I've got Red Bull. So there we have it. That has been our preview and prediction for the 2021 F1 season. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. If you have, give it a like. Uh, if you disagree with some of our predictions, just leave it in the comments. Um, try and get a little discussion going. Um, and interesting to see what your predictions are um make sure you subscribe uh make sure you put the notification bell on so you don't miss an upload and uh yeah thanks for watching you guys see you later